FMX Network production. A series of the most exciting action imaginable. Welcome to the Leanne Re-Raceables on PulpMX.com. Mathis and Weege revisit the instant classics from yesteryear, spotlighting those historic moto moments that simply never grow old. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Liat Re-Raceables podcast. This is the 2007 Motocross the Nations uh, at Bud's Creek. We're going to cover that and talk about it. The ups, the downs. Wow, it was mostly all ups for Team USA. And more here on the Liat Re-Raceables podcast. Thank you to Liat. Whether it's the Flex Lock boots, whether it's the 9.5, 8.5 helmets, the Velocity goggles, um, Liat offers you what you need for mountain bike and dirt bike action. And uh, visit them at Liat.com. And, of course, you know about the neck brace uh, way back in the day. And they've, rene- they've uh, reinvented that as well. And they got great mountain bike stuff, of course. If you want a discount from the folks at Liet, email us using the contact form on pulpamex.com. And, uh, yeah, we'll give you a bit of a deal from the folks at Liet. Thank you to those guys. Scott Sports, Pro Taper, Maxis, Guts Racing, all on board with us. Thank you to Pro Taper, Star Racing Yamaha, Pro Taper Bars, uh, Rockstar Energy Husqvarna, Pro Taper Bars and Sprockets and Chains, uh, ProTaper.com for more information. The ACF Bar, really, really good. Got carbon fiber ends on it, the lightest one in one in handlebar on the market. Thank you to the folks at Pro Taper for coming on board. And please check them out. They sponsor a lot of teams. And, and you know, when you talk about re-raceables, the, the, that first crossbarless Pro Taper handlebar back in 91 with Bradshaw blew people's minds, and they've been continuing to do it since then. We'll tell you more about Guts and Maxis and Scott later on. Uh, but to talk to me about 2007, uh, Bud's Creek, um, the ups, the downs, the after parties, the before parties, and more. It's my friend Jason Wigan. What's up, Weege? Yeah, we still have the nation's fever. More specifically, USA Motocross of Nations fever. Yeah. So we're just going to keep on trucking. Yeah, coming off America's first win in, was it 11 years or 12 years? 11 years of sending a team. I don't know what it was. Uh, it was a long time uh, at Red Bud. <laughs> we'll go back to uh, all the way to back to yeah. 2007 Bud's Creek. Yep. Yeah, yeah. This is when uh, things seemed a lot easier. And uh, there really wasn't ever much worry about losing the event uh, pretty much from the very first uh, gate drop on, probably even qualifying now that I think about it. Uh, it was a different world uh, back then. It was more like how big is the party and the celebration going to be yep. when they win. Yep. Even this year, okay, we had Sex and a Tomac rolling. Everything looked good on Saturday qualifying. But, Steve, as you know, when we rolled to the track Sunday, there was not a single person saying, oh, we definitely have this. Yeah. No way. No, no. No, no way. No doubt. And, and and to be fair to Team USA, like at this race, obviously the 13-year win streak ended in 94. Uh, but after 94, they captured it um, one other time in um, 2000. 96. 2000, uh, oh, 96. Sorry, 96. Yeah. And then they captured it four years later. They won it again. So this is, you know, coming off that just domination every year, uh, they weren't. USA was not back to its regular self. And then, of course, 03 Zolder, the team I was on, perhaps that was the final nail in the coffin. Maybe. maybe. Because they didn't even go in 04. (laughs) You know, they. Once they had this Canadian Steve Mathis on the team, it was over. Well, to be 
so the mechanics were uh, uh, Hoodie for Rhino. Jonathan, is it Jonathan Hoodie, I think, is his name? I think, think so. Jonathan Lo- Lowly, I believe. Okay, the Hoodie. Yeah. Uh, hoodie, he's Hoodie. hoodie. Yeah, he's uh, Hoodie. Yeah. And then Goose was Ricky's mechanic. Little known fact, Goose is a, is a, is a, a, a Netherlands uh, a, a citizen. Really? I, he must be dual, obviously. But wow. we were joking that the three American mechanics were not American. Uh, we had uh, a hoodie from wherever. I think he was from Dutch, too. Netherlands, too, right? Um, and then Goose and then me. Wow. I mean, Maybe that's why it didn't work out. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Traitors. But, Sabotage. Yeah. So, 03. So, USA, 96 win. 2000 win. Uh, 03. Uh, they stopped going in 04, and Carmichael is a big part of going back in 05 and Erne. Uh, Carmichael sort of said, we're going, I'm going, uh, you know, we're going to make it happen. And then they won in Erne, they won in Matterly, Bud's got the race. Um, we each, let me, let's go back a little bit. And maybe you don't know, but maybe you've heard the history or the backroom politics why buds what was the reaction when it was announced for buds like i don't remember any of this i was a mechanic so i wasn't thinking about any of this what what was uh, buds like no I, I i don't know a lot about that part uh i i do know this um as you might have heard i went to unadilla 87 uh, yes, did you hear yes. that yeah that i did, I did hear that yep. oh, yeah i mentioned that just a too. little bit yeah yeah, yeah yep helicoptered parachuted mm-hmm. private jets helicopters the whole night uh, at that race, everyone said, yep, well, you better enjoy it now because it's never coming back to the United States. And you were just told that the European races were so much more regal and professional and glitzy and more glamorous than anything in America, and it will never come back. And that actually held for 20 years. And what I had always heard was, yeah, Jonathan Beasley, who was the owner of Bud's Creek at the time, his son Ezra now owns it. Jonathan Beasley, a, uh interesting character. Can, can we put it that way, Stephen? Eclectic? It was eclectic, eclectic perhaps. <laughs> it was always like only Jonathan Beasley is crazy enough to want this. He just wants it so bad. They had run many GPs at Bud's Creek, none of them really successful. I went to uh, – I can't remember which one. Was it 99? The crowd was atrociously bad. Did you go to any of those? Was it 94, 99? They had GPs there? Uh, yeah, I never went to any of them. The yeah. 99 one, I was working for Timmy at Chaparral, and we weren't going. Yeah. Uh, but the crowd looked brutal, yeah. Yeah, I drove down from New Jersey. The crowd was brutal compared to the national. And it was just like, okay, far from me being an expert at the time, but everything I heard was like, for some reason, Jonathan just wants it. He just wants to do it. He loves GPs. He wants to have donations at his track. It it sounded to me, and I might be wrong here, that it was just like he was headlong into, I, I know I'm not supposed to do this. I'll probably lose money. It's difficult to do in the United mm-hmm. States. Yep. But I just want it. And after this race, what did we hear for like, Seriously, like decades here. This like, is the part. He that, lost so much money and almost ruined the track. Pro- crazy Jonathan. Why did he do this? Even though it was awesome, that made, it was a disaster for him. That made no sense to me because yeah. there was 8 million people packed into Bud's Creek, it seemed like. <laughs> and I know there were lots of cash cash wristbands available for sale. I, 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 listen, he, Jonathan's a nice guy. He's eclectic. I, I need to see the books to really believe he lost money at this event. Uh, it's, it's unfathomable that he did. But, but the that was the work. Of yeah. him being like, the race ruined me. And everybody's like, we said you shouldn't do it. <laughs> right. But now we have this model of there was a two Red Buds and a Thunder Valley that apparently went fine. So I don't know what happened. I don't know either. Yeah, I, I've talked to David Claybaugh at Lakewood, and he, you know, I don't think he crushed it. 
Uh, it was yeah. a lot of work. Um, you know, you're obviously working with the Ustream people in front now. Um, but he didn't make any re- mention of it ruining him. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. And Redbud, uh, they came back four years later. So yeah, yeah. Definitely did not ruin them. Um, but so I really yeah. feel like it was he was just crazy enough to try it. And uh, it ended up being, I feel like, from a crowd perspective and like a spirit perspective, like even better than anyone had imagined. Because as you said, with these these races where we weren't even going some years, I don't know if anyone had a real feel for like, is motocross donations relevant? Is it something that everybody cares about? Well, uh, clearly this day they did because the crowd was unbelievable. And as good as these two red buds have been, just for an overall epicness. I don't know. This Bud's Creek is as good as anything I've ever been to. Yeah, it was. It was nuts. It yeah. was nuts. It was a lot of fun, and America embraced having the Nations back for the first time since '87. And it was the track was epic. Weather was great. It was really, really an exciting event. Um, what were you doing? What What was your What was your uh, life status at this point? Yeah, uh, I, obviously, I've been that whole time. I was still whatever you want to call it. I mean, they're racer x or or gncc guy i think still gncc guy but i was announcing the nationals i was doing supercross live webcast so i was obviously in this scene and then in addition for this weekend uh the mxgps were on outdoor life network at the time for Mm -hmm. us tv Mm -hmm. and they hired a production crew to add for this race some like american angles to americanize the tv show so they hired me. It was a couple guys I knew that did like ISDE videos. Okay. Uh, they hired them to like, let's get some extra. Let's get interviews with Carmichael, Villapoto, Ferry, DeCoster. Let's do some stand-ups on the track where we talk specifically about the Americans to make it feel less Euro. Uh, so that was my job for the weekend. I didn't. I don't think I was part of the live and outs team. I was around just like I was this year at Redbud, yep. helping out wherever needed. But that was my main focus. And did um, you have any yep. issues with getting anybody or talking to people or anything? I've told Carmichael this story many times. So Carmichael, as we'll get into, ends up having a bad weekend, not results wise, because Carmichael at fifty percent just still wins races automatically. It's just ridiculous, right? So the story is that he's got Epstein Barr and he's sick and he's mm-hmm. feeling horrible all weekend. Uh, so that was the word, but like I was essentially getting paid because you're the guy that can get the interviews with these dudes. So Saturday after qualifying, I go over, I talk to Scott Taylor, who's Carmichael's like right hand man. And they were awesome. Ever since Carmichael had gotten on a Suzuki in 05, he was the media master. They were so good at playing the game and they always came through. But this time it was a struggle. Scott's like, man, I don't know. He's really stressed out, but he's having some problems. He's not feeling well. He really wants to just lay down. And I'm like, uh, I know, man, I know, but I'm really on it right now. And I give credit. Like Scott Taylor basically said, Ricky can't do it. Everybody was packed up and ready to leave. And Carmichael's like, you know what? He just comes out himself. And he's like, I'll hook you up, man. And I was like, thank you. And you so weren't really buddies much. with him at this point, right? No, I was still pretty small time. You yeah, know, I wasn't, yeah. you know, I was two years away from doing TV for the nationals. Yep. Yes. These guys, I was a familiar face, but yeah. it was far from a yeah. relationship. Uh, so I just – I've thanked him. He, I don't think he even realizes why this was important, but I've told him this story 10 times. I'm like, dude, you gave me an interview at Donation 07, and it was massive for me. So I thank him for that because he was not feeling it. Too bad we weren't buddies back then like we were at the this year's Destinations, you know? Uh, yeah, I didn't have that level of relationship like you did with him this year. I don't know what was going on. This is, it's unbelievable what's happened. It's, it's, it's... Carmichael asking you for your opinion so, to educate him on what's going to happen. It's unbelievable. Um, I was, uh, two years out of being a mechanic, two, one year out of being a mechanic, one and a half years, I guess. Uh, 
I was working for Parts Unlimited, who had a massive presence at this race um, with the hospitality and the sponsorship and everything. So I had all the wristbands I needed to get anywhere. Um, and I was basically hanging out. I had no responsibility all weekend long. I did wear a Parts Unlimited shirt, you know, at the race and stuff because I was working for them. But I, I believe I was even there on my own dime. Um, but I was, I got all the passes I needed. So yeah, I was just there. Were as you obs though at this point? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Okay, so you had started becoming Steve Mathis, yeah. Steve Mathis media guy. Yep, yep. I had started doing stuff. Uh, maybe RaceRex Canada at this point might have been uh, still RaceRex Canada for sure. I was riding at this point and doing things, and I might have had Pulp MX at this point, um, like as a blog site. You know, I don't know, but I wasn't there in a media capacity, and I wasn't there for Parts Unlimited. I was really hanging out. My buddy Ron, Fireman Ron from Canada. Uh, he, oh yeah, he met me down there. I got him passes. We were kind of hanging out the whole time. You, yeah, you've met Ron a few times. Um, by the way, too, uh, you speak of the announcing uh, this weekend. Um, it it got brought up to me this year about the O seven announcing. It oh is, really? It is stuck in the craw of uh, of a lot of Europeans over the years, and I feel like um, the American announcing team. Whether it's been Lakewood or the two Red Buds, and the two, last two Red Buds, I've been right there involved, right? Even calling the action in 18. Um, it has not been like 07. And, but yet the stereotype of the American announcing is still brought up to me all this time later due to our friend, Mr. Tim Cotter. And his yeah, interesting story there. I can tell you what I heard. Okay, okay, <laughs> go ahead. Because I, we like Tim. Tim's a good guy. Yep. He... And I and I fully believe this. He got a little carried away this weekend. <laughs> no, he did get carried away. I believe that is fact. Okay, uh, he did okay. get carried away. I'm not even arguing that part. Okay. He, I think on Saturday, early in the weekend, it was clear that he was going all in. <laughs> in wrestling terms, he was. Yeah, he was all in. Yeah. Uh, it was basically, we are America, and we are here to win. Like, this is not a, I'm an announcer of all the teams. It is, we are here to see our team win. <laughs> And I remember asking about it early in the weekend, and he's like, they told me that's what they want. They want they want that. That's what pumps up the crowd, and you can't lay it on thick enough. Uh, and the, the, the peak of that, I believe, uh, was two things. And the third moto, like, look, it was over. Team USA is dominant. What else can you even get the crowd pumped up on? I remember at one point he did a pledge allegiance to the flag <laughs> when, when Timmy made a pass. He just went. I think he went my country tis of thee at one point when Timmy's making passes. And then even when that was exhausted, uh, Grant Langston passes Steve Ramon. And Langston is the AMA 450 motocross champion. Ramon is the MXGP world champion. Mm -hmm. So even Langston got drafted in. And I remember it was our national champion is beating their world champion, even getting GL in on it. Yeah. So, yeah. But he says he was told to do that. But then you heard the exact opposite. No, I didn't hear about what he was told. I just heard many Europeans being like, what is oh. up with your announcer? Oh, no, I'd heard uh, one of the – might have been the Marini brothers uh, okay. from Ustream saying, yep. hey, that guy was out of line. And I'm like, well, he told me that you guys told him to say that. They're like, we would never say something like that. I'm like, he said you wanted him to pump up the crowd by pumping up Team USA. And they're like, we would never say that. I don't know. So – like it got, it was such a legendary status Tim did that he's still affecting some of the Europeans in 2022. 
because no, 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 I was told this in 07. I was told this. No, 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 I, no, no. I know, but I'm saying I oh. still got reminded of it at 2022. Oh, you did this year. Yes, this year it was like, hey, 15 years. It was like, hey, do you remember Bud's Creek announcing? <laughs> and, and like, what a legacy Tim has. <laughs> 15 years later, yes, still remember yes. the Pledge of Allegiance when because, Tim Curry's making passes because it wasn't good, in my opinion. Tim went overboard. He really did. Now, whether he was told to, I don't know. That's the question. But that it was is the question. It was yes. out of hand. Uh, just yelling USA over and over into yeah. the microphone, <laughs> Pledge of Allegiance, yeah. you know, everything. Uh, uh, you know, but hey, uh, good times if you, were, if you were an American at Bud's Creek, for sure. Yeah. You were yeah. loving it. By oh. the way, I just looked up. Uh, Racerex Canada has done you wrong. Oh. I was able to find a breaking news from September 28th, 2007. Racerex linking to observations on Racerex Canada, and the link is dead. Oh, so my I was working for Racerex Canada, but yep. the link is no longer there. Damn. Yeah, so we will we'll, we'll never know what your observations were. Can you imagine what they? What, I could have pull I could pull up an old laptop. I guarantee you I have an old laptop with it. You think so? It. Yeah. There's probably comments about the announcing in it. Oh, I'm sure there is. I'm sure there was. <laughs> I, I, especially back then, I was sparing nobody. Um, oh my God! As Davey used to say back then, observations was ready, fire, aim. That was what he, <laughs> that's how you describe it. He's like, it's not ready, aim, fire. It's ready, fire, aim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's good. Everybody's yeah, in. That's good. Everybody's getting hit. God, one time I wrote that Wyndham. I wonder how much it co- paid. I wonder how much it cost Wyndham to mail it in this weekend. Oh. oh. Um, oh. Uh, so yeah, 2007, Bud's Creek back on on the uh, soil on American soil, and this. This particular part for me is sort of painful to bring up, Weege, so I, I might okay. need you to walk me along here. So all right, all right. the teams, Carmichael, Villapoto, and Tim Ferry, the great Tim Ferry. Uh, yes. Obviously, they, the, they, took the, they overlooked the 2003 loss, probably wrote it off to the mechanics' fault, and, and selected Fair. him again. Now, we know the designations team is selected early every year um, around Unadilla or you know around August, right? whatever there were a couple years i don't know about this one uh there were a couple years where believe it or not the the team was sponsored by loretta lynn's by mm-hmm. the event by yep. mx sports essentially yep and now nah, i think it might have been only 05 and 06 they actually announced it at loretta's with the riders there okay. for a few years so but i don't remember if 07 was part of that or not now my question yeah. is obviously look i'm stoked that we'll get into ferry and everything else this weekend he actually was just third best American in the series because although I remember Timmy winning the 07 450 motocross title, he didn't actually win it. Uh, he actually was in the lead and let it go, and I don't want to talk much more about this. But obviously they must have picked Timmy when he was leading or close to it. Oh, yes, because if you look at the final point, Shorty sure. actually was a top American. Uh, no, Michael Essie was. But there, probably. Oh. But let's be honest, there was no chance Mike was getting on the team. They wanted it bad. I know that. <laughs> There's no the chance. The Alessi slash 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 <laughs> newsletter that was still going around, I think, was like, look at the next year's KTM. We can race this at the nation. This is a works bike. Right. It's legal. But, Let Mike do it. So yeah. my, my question is... <sighs> Obviously, they picked Timmy when things were maybe rolling along a little bit, huh? Yeah, but he wasn't. It wasn't a collapse here, Steve. He went from Thank leading you. the point. It was like a like. It wasn't like all of a sudden he was getting eighth. It no. was that, that title was so close. It was flip a coin. Uh, first of all, what you also have to bring up here is 
and Carmichael mentioned this, your good buddy here at uh, Redbud last weekend, was somehow we never got the Stuart Carmichael Team USA. It never happened. Is Crazy. that not yeah. odd now that you look back at it? Totally. And uh, Car- Carmichael said in 06, like all summer, he's like, just like with Sexton and Tomac now, we were like, dude, we're going to be on Team USA together. We're going to crush everybody together. Carmichael actually got hurt in 06. And then Stuart got hurt in 07. And I don't remember anyone thinking, well, that's weird they picked Ferry. He had been on it before. He was really good in Supercross that year as well. Well, this was so, his like, first year. year t- this was his first year at Cowie. At Cowie. Yep. Yeah, but I think he got third in Supercross too. Like, he was good all year. I don't – this is the first time I've ever even considered, like, oh, was he not the best choice? Like, he was great from January okay, I to just, September. Thank you. Yeah. I just wanted to hear it from an unbiased, I mean, person. I just didn't want – Yeah. You know. No, I never heard that it should have been a lessee or short, in fact, until today. So you are the hater. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Okay, great. Good to hear. Uh, yeah. uh, yep. By the way, in Tim Ferry's three appearances for Team USA – uh, going two and one at the race. Never once did the big one five get the inside gate. Just never once did he get the yep. inside gate. Yep. So I yeah, point that well, out. You could you could see that because he was on teams with Carmichael. That makes it tough. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh, so yeah, so Ferry, Carmichael obviously he won every moto. Did he win every moto that year? Or every race? Not every moto. I yeah, think he Stewart won every got race. him maybe right. twice. Yeah. yeah. And this is Carmichael in his half retirement yeah. season. Right. But no uh, one said, right. yeah, but no yeah. one was like, hey, uh, Carmichael shouldn't be on the team. No one ever thought that for a second. So um, that was no. no. No, because he was leading the points outdoors when he retired. But it so, was, like you said, though, there yeah. was an Epstein Bar thing. There was a breakup with Alden Baker around this time, right? Um, yeah. A lot of things were going on in Carmichael's uh, sphere at this point of this race. So, yeah, it just goes back to my original point of the gap he had on the competition. Like, these things mattered, but it didn't matter. It was like, it was a difference seeing him winning by 30 seconds and 10 seconds. So he's still winning. So you wouldn't even know the difference. Right. Like, right. I don't even know. I guess he wasn't with Alden at this race. Who would even know? He was still really good. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, yeah. So they, uh, the big thing was Antonio Caroli, right? He, uh, Tony was the. Well, MX2. yeah, because there was a bit of a building uh, rivalry because Villapoto raced in uh, 06. Uh, a surprisingly good ride. Like, you know what's weird to me? These early 250F days, the 250F guys like ran up front at donations all the time. And I believe that's what led them to change the rules for the race because in the 125 days you were scored. The scoring was based on where you finished in your class. Mm-hmm. And that's what your team got. And they got rid of that. I think because in the early 250F days, it's like, well, the 250F guys are winning motos or podiuming. What's the difference? And then oddly, you would think the 250F would just keep getting better and better. But it kind of has gone the opposite way. And now we have, a you know, Justin Cooper gets a fourth. And we're like, oh, man, he killed it. He got a fourth on a 250. I know it was muddy, which makes it harder. But Villapoto and Caroli, I believe, battled for a moto win the year before. And Villapoto crashed. And then everybody's like, oh, Caroli got the American kid. This is going to be big. And it was like, uh, I think they beat each other once each the previous year. So it was like a building rivalry uh, coming into this. And... I believe Crowley had a little smack talk coming in. It's probably the usual, you know, bad translation taken out of context. Yeah. But I don't believe any, they don't give you any rope on that, right? You know, like the the American fans and media are just begging for it. Uh, So I think Crowley had said something like, I think I can beat him or something. So 
the American fans were bloodthirsty. They were for and, some Villapoto Caroli. And Caroli's bike doesn't show up in time, right? They're trying to smuggle meats and cheeses in the crate. Or yeah, something. yeah, Parmesan cheese in the bike crate, <laughs> smuggled across. Yeah, so his bike wasn't there early in the weekend. You can't, you can't make this up. Like it's, it's such a stereotype. Yeah, Parmesan cheese, yeah, Parm- Italian. Right, right, right. Yep. Uh, yep. So you really, you really can't make it up. But that's what kind of what we were looking at back then. Um, Couple things. I remember the Americans being completely dominant on Saturday, and I just checked the results. And yes, all three guys won their three heat races on Saturday. So perfect score. Yep. You know, like you you said this at the beginning of the show, it was never really in doubt at this one. You know, not after Saturday. Right. Not after. Not after. Yeah, they, all three won their classes. You're like, okay. Right. Yep. We we got it handled. Um, yep. And actually, in, in looking at the results, uh, 20th place, Australia. And this was – so Chad got – Chad, Burner, and Metcalf. But Metcalf hurt his shoulder on Saturday or fruit poisoning? What, is, what happens to Metcalf? He doesn't even race. Do you remember Metcalf this? Metcalf was on the team. I thought it was McFarlane. Oh, it was McFarlane. I'm sorry. McFarlane so, – uh, yeah, I remember McFarlane. They got screwed. This is so typical of how these things would go. You'd find other teams – who probably could challenge the American team, and something would always go disastrously wrong, like every friggin' time during these win streaks for the American team. Uh, if I remember right, I think McFarlane, like off the gate drop of yeah. either Saturday's race or the first the moto first on moto, Sunday, yeah, yeah. he went down 10 feet out of the gate, hurts his shoulder, he's done. And you're like, that's it? Isn't it weird that in all the appearances to the American team, they've never had that happen, where a dude just got hurt the morning of the race and just oh, could not race. So it's Mc, never happened. McFarlane gets fifth overall in MX2 on uh, free practice. So he, it must be the first moto then. First moto. Yeah. yeah. So uh, just imagine if Justin Cooper just dislocates his shoulder in the first turn at Redbud and you're just like, ah, it's over. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Right. Well, it never happens to American teams. Uh, so J Mart broke his foot there. He broke he's, his foot. Still and, uh, Anderson broke his foot once, but they still raced. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like we won't even be able to get. Uh, finish enough motos to have any chance. Yeah. So the Australians, Chad gets second in race one, um, yep. which is great. And then Byrne gets 12th and 30th. Chad gets 35th in race three, obviously DNFs or crashes. And they yep. get last. They get 20th overall. A disastrous wow. MXDN for, you know, two strongly uh, based American uh, uh, or strongly American based Aussie riders. So. Well, it's funny. Chad is uh, super cross only at this point. But remember, he showed up to the Bud's Creek National yep. just to race the track. Yep. Did they have like a different swing arm or whatever? There yeah, was like they were running. Odd, that was some, the hot thing at the yep, time. Yep, they were running something. Yeah, uh, and then he got second in the first moto here that he was in, and I remember him and Brooks just saying like, "You would be shocked how little preparation Chad has for this race." Yeah, and, and we all be- and we believed second. it, right? And we all oh, believed yeah. that hundred percent. Yes, but still got second. Yep. in the moto. Uh, Villa- <laughs> this is the race, of course, that Villapoto won um, the overall. Uh, or, or sort of won the whole moto, um, which is huge, right? On a 250F, he had the inside gate, and he yep. just took off. And, you know, it's still – I mean, Ryan says people talk about that moto to this day. So, yeah, all these years later, 15 years later, Ryan Villapoto yeah. gets asked about winning an overall moto on a 250F all the time. It was, well, he won, yeah. he won both. And, uh, yeah, I think when you do word association with Buzz Creek 07, the very first thing that comes to everybody's mind is – Oh my God, Villapoto dominated. Yep. Uh, yep. 250F wins both of his motos overall, which, like I said, doesn't happen anymore. I don't know what, I don't know why it's gone the other direction. It's so weird to me. Um, 
that now 250s don't win motos here, but he won both motos going away. And the second moto, so Ben Townley, who had been his you know primary contender, they had a great battle all year long for the 250 championship here. Uh, Townley separated his shoulder in practice. So again, oh that's right, another yeah. another good team just has their best rider hurt the weekend of the race, which never happens to the Americans. Uh, so I like Townley, and we'd become you know pretty tight during the summer. So second moto, I remember I'm just sitting on a hay bale watching from the infield, and Townley and Josh Coppins are over there. And dude, it's the first lap, like the first time they come back over like Henry Hill, mm-hmm. and Villapoto's already gone, and. Talon just looks at me and goes, that's a really big lead for the first lap of a race. And I was like, dude, you are not kidding. Like he came over the hill. There was no one behind him. And this yeah. was a minute and a half into the race. And yeah. He was on a 250. It was insane. And I, I, yes, I'm sure that's the race that people bring up to Villapoto the most. It was nuts. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. Uh, and he, yeah, he has to talk about it all the time and people remember it. And it was a dominating performance. Carmichael gets third in the race one, so Chad gets second. Um, well, that's an all-time bench racer there because Carmichael goes down uh, in the first turn and, and comes all the way back to third. So, you know, the motocross gods would have loved to have seen Villapoto and Carmichael race one time. Mm-hmm. And, okay, Carmichael wasn't feeling it that day. He was ill. Villapoto was on fire. If Carmichael gets a decent start in that moto, what happens? Like, can you imagine if Villapoto just beats him? Which might have happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I we'll never know. You're right. We'll never know. Um, the team is forced to drop Tim Ferry's uh, fourth in the third moto. Which well, that's not cutting it. Fourth? Come on. <laughs> which he was? Did he fall or did he get a terrible start? Uh, which one of those two? Because he was. That was. Yeah, I think he fell also. That yep. moment stands out for Tim. Literally. Everybody Timmy passed, Tim was uh, – Cotter was just bagging on them and, and just saying, you know, the American Tim Ferry gets another one. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yep. Uh, My country, tis of thee. So it was one – America finished with one uh, uh, point off a perfect score at this race. And they got eight points, and France got 34 <laughs> second place. It, oh, God. It was It was over. Uh, um, and Caroli has a bad day. He goes down in one moto. I don't know what even happened in the second moto. He's thirty-seven and fourteenth in his two motos. So that that battle never came brewing, for sure. Uh, between yeah, between, yeah, yeah, he was uh, lapped as Villapoto told us. Um, yep, yep. Uh, at Redbud this year, he saw him lapping him. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was. So uh, yeah, the domination was was incredible. Yeah, I believe Timmy and Carmichael both had a moto there where they fell and had to come through. Yep. And they still ended up getting a third and the fourth, even coming from last. Because also, let's not forget the legacy of this race is the new first turn at yeah. Bud's Creek, Steve. Fantastic! Great job, everybody. Way to way to screw up uh, a great start. I mean, they just they love the hairpin one eighty starts where the inside gates are all that matters. Now Bud's has. Bus doesn't have the exact same gate as the nations. They have moved the gate a little bit, they told me. Um, but it's still not enough. This is still one of the most unfair starts on the American National Series. And it's because of the motocross the nations and the changes that they made for the start, which, again, favor the inside gate drastically. Uh, yeah, and that's all to make the Saturday qualifying race right. more important, to make right. gate pick more important. Yeah, I'll say that through the years, they've adjusted this track so it's not – the whole shot is not always coming from the inside gate anymore, but the outside gate is at a way bigger disadvantage here than it is at most tracks. Yeah, yeah, not a fan yeah. of it. I don't like it. Um, yeah, you just you know how 
Right. And, and, you know, and to be fair, the Red Bot changed their start for the Mortal Kombat Nations also. Um, but their start yep. probably needed to be changed. That was a little unsafe, that one. Um, so I yeah. get it. They were crazy crashes. Yeah, yep. I get it. I understand that. Um, and they didn't go as drastic at Red Bud as we've seen Eli Tomac pull and start from the gate, you know, from the box, you know. So um, yep. it, it isn't quite as unfair as Bud's Creek. But this one here, yeah, Villapoto got the inside gate, both motos, uh, right up against the fence, and he was gone. And, uh, yeah, what a what a day for America. And, and Tim Cotter was there and calling the action. So, uh, Pumping it up. I went to yep. Red Dog's uh, pit on Sunday morning. And uh, uh, it was Kawasaki was there. They were right, right, kind of in front. And uh, I, I was talking to him, and he, he told me how nervous he was. He's like, because uh, he won the qualifier, and I'm like, yeah, man, you're like you're good, like you're fine. And he's just like, kind of nervous, man. It's a lot of people here. <laughs> in typical really? Timmy, in typical Timmy, understated faction. There's a lot of people here. <laughs> so uh, that's about all I got out of Red Dog as far as you know how things are going. I'm nervous. There's a lot of people here. So was there a I cannot remember was there a team USA compound I just I think they just pitted out of their regular I do teams, I think they, they just pitted out of the regular teams yeah I don't believe there was a USA compound uh there was one in Matterly the next year like in Europe there always was one for years but America this race I think they were all the same um but uh yeah it uh it was uh quite a day for USA Liet re-raceables thank you to the folks at Scott Sports speaking of Scott Sports Tim Ferry wearing Scott goggles on this day, as was Villapoto. Uh, providing the best goggle, the best in goggle technology to all motorsport disciplines for over 50 years. Scott is the global leader in innovation, technology, and design. They've always been proud to support racing from grassroots all the way to the top step in motocross, supercross, and off-road. Guys like Jason Anderson, the pro circuit guys, Caleb Russell, Weege's guy, Chad Weenan, Walker Fowler. Oh, quad guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Choose the quality yep. product and support from Scott. Scott is excited to relive iconic moments in the sport with the Re-Raceables podcast, many of which included Scott Goggles. Scott, the only goggle made in the USA. Thank you to Maxis Tires as well. Uh, A-Ray, K putting Maxis Tires in Supercross made events. And, uh, of course, the, the tires are developed by Jeremy McGrath, the guy who knows something about winning at uh, Motocross the Nations. Thank you to uh, Maxis Tires, Maxis.com. Great mountain bike tires as well. Uh, yeah, Maxis.com for more information. Thank you to Scott uh, Sports, Maxis, Guts, uh, Liet. Of course, if you want a code from Liet, uh, send us uh, an email, and uh, we'll give you a code to save the folks at Liet, uh, whatever you need from there. Um, all right, Weege. So you, where where'd you watch the races from? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, I try to. <clears throat> tried different areas in each moto. I remember one I watched from the tower. I think most of the time I would just stand in the first turn and the podium's kind of closer there. I think I was down on the infield maybe once I got into the uh, tower. But for whatever reason, uh, maybe because it was in America, I feel like there were a ton of just, you know, well, Talney was out because he was hurt, but that's mm -hmm. why he was there. But I just feel like there were tons of racers that weren't on the team and whatnot just milling around the infield. So it was awesome to bench race yeah. and get their analysis throughout the day. Uh, there was also... This was maybe the beginning of Team USA having 300 people on the podium. This was maybe the start of it. Yeah, yeah, it could have been. Uh, yeah, like you said, when that when they came back and won in 05, it really changed everything. And I remember when they announced the team at Loretta's, which I think would have been for 06, but it, yeah, I think it was for 06 at Matterly. Scott Taylor telling the crowd, like, we need all the Americans, all the people. And he looks at me in the crowd at Loretta's. And says, we need the Jason Wygants of the world. They're helping us. And I'm just like, <laughs> I got nothing to offer. I got nothing. I, I could go to the race and I could cheer. That, that, but any fan could do that. I, yeah. Even this year, uh, I told everybody I could find. I had nothing to do with this win. 
there will never be anything that I can contribute to Team USA. Yeah, uh, that's up to the riders no. and the mechanics and smarter people than me. Well, no, I, I mean, you know, there there are times when you know where I contribute to, say, Tomax win at WW Ranch by telling him to stop burying it in the berms. Oh, okay. Who, who can okay. forget that? Who can forget? Uh, yeah, but a yeah. highly uh, uh, forgotten moto win there that GP. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks to me. <laughs> Um, True, but uh, yeah, for the most part, I'm with you, Weech. Uh, I contribute nothing. Yep. Um, There's a lot of people that I don't believe are contributing wearing that Team USA merch. <laughs> I agree. A lot of people. Shout out, yeah. by the way, Martin Barr, Team Ireland. Shout out, Martin Barr. <laughs> Still there? Oh God, yeah. And hey, and hey, Ma- for your sake, uh, Canada, yeah, really one of their better performances. Yep, Steve. yep. Real happy with this job. We we did a really good work. It was uh, all Blackfoot Yamaha guys. I believe okay. uh, JSR, Colton Fasciati, Blair Morgan, all really did pretty well. Steady, steady race, like nothing great, like nothing like Kevin Benoit, you know, at Majoria, but all steady finishes, which doesn't always happen with Canada, as we know. Tenth um, overall, definitely one of the better Tenth ones. Tenth overall, yeah. Uh, shout out to Marty Davalos for winning the B final and getting Ecuador. Uh, did he get him into the – who won the – did Ecuador win? No. Uh, did you remember that, or did you find that? I find that. I found that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Marty. Were you? Where were you with Marty at this point? Do you know? What was Marty on 2007? Was this KTM? Uh, maybe. Yeah, I think we were fine. Star? Maybe okay. Star, yeah. I think we were fine. Um, okay. And then also uh, Japan with a seventh. Strong showing by Japan. Wow, Akira Narita, Yoshitaka Asuda. They were familiar to us. Yeah. I do not know Ka- Kazumasa Masuda. No, I'm not familiar with that. Kazumasa. Not familiar with yeah. that gentleman either. Um, yeah. And then, of course, Max Nagel, who, guess what, was right there in 2022. Well, there's a couple of those. Glad you brought that up. Yep. Uh, Steve, can you just give me one name that you would guess was on the UK team in 07? Oh, that would be Tommy Searle. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. Still there today. Tana Leuk, still there today. Yep. Shout out. Unbelievable. Oh, Jeremy Van Orbeek, also. Jeremy raced- Van Orbeek on Belgium, yes. Yep. Still racing this year. Yeah, yeah. This is 15 years ago, everybody. Uh, Incredible. You know, Carmichael Villapoto and Tim Ferry are long gone uh, from the sport, yep. but uh, some of these guys still hanging on. Um, so it's, yeah, Martin Barr, of course. Uh, Tana Leuk still going. Um, yeah, a lot of guys. Uh, everybody from Chile was named Israel. Now, we know Jeremiah... Israel, he raced in America for a number yep. of years. Are these his brothers, cousins? What? what yeah, are... Benjamin Israel and Vincente Israel. Yeah, Vincente. D- yep, brothers. I, I, I don't know. D- uh, and and how confusing they're they're from Chile, but they're all named Israel. And <laughs> good one, good point. Yeah. And are they part of the Flying Israel Brothers? Like, what's their nickname? Do they have nicknames in? Oh uh, yeah, there's got to be something, right? So. Oh, Eric Vallejo racing for Mexico. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, uh, and also, uh, this year, Birth, this is the first ever Team Puerto Rico effort, which became pretty infamous with this event through the years. Uh, they had Tara Geiger on the team, just racing with the guys, I remember, on Saturday. Um, and Gino Aponte, who is always known as the Genurican. Right, uh, right. G- Gino, yeah, it was like the fast guy actually from Puerto Rico. And then Gino eventually worked for JGR, worked for Phoenix Honda as a mechanic. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's at Phoenix anymore, but he was up until last year. Uh, so, yeah, the Team Puerto Rico thing that really peaked at the Nations in 18 with Pastrana, Wyndham, and Sites. This was the first go-round of like, hey, wait, this is something that any rider could be on it. This could be something. Yeah, yeah, it really was, right? Um, yeah. Also of note for this race, the after party, 
was amazing. Weege, the yeah. RIP Eric Gaboris, the great Eric Gaboris has passed on, but we cornered him at this race with yes. a few beverages in us. Yes. And obviously, I don't think he understood that the passion that we had for his career. He was taken aback by it, for sure. I don't think he expected, like, hey, I'm going to run into some American fans who are really going to think I'm the shit. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, it'd be good to go to America this year. I could just be low profile and just cruise around. No oh, one no. recognize me. Oh, no. We're, we're yelling at him, you're Mr. 875! Because he won the 125s, the 250, and the 500 world title. And add that up, it's 875. And his nickname was Mr. Yep. 875. And, and he was the first, yeah, first rider to ever do that. Yep. Yep. And we're just yelling at him that he's Mr. 875 and he's a legend and he's a god. And I don't think he was as, had as many beverages as us, and he seemed scared. There's a photo. Wasn't there a photo? Yeah, a man, but I wouldn't give to find that. There was a photo of us. This is before the selfie generation. Yeah. People didn't have phones. But somehow there's a photo of us being super pumped and him being super scared of it, us. His eyes are wide. Like, he's like, who yeah, are these? it's like, oh, this is, how do I get out of this? <laughs> these two crazy American fa- I mean, it's Eric Abors, man. I'd never met Eric Abors. No, legend. Absolutely, yes. And uh, we were very excited to meet him. And, we were. And, and he was scared of us yelling at him that he's the greatest. So. Yeah. I think it was a mix of like, hey, this is awesome that I'm being recognized, and I appreciate that. But at the same time, you're scaring me. Yeah, at the same yeah, time, like you guys, you've told me I'm Mr. 875 enough. Like, I get yeah. it. Thank you. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, these are younger days for both of us. I can tell you the difference between me at we this year and then. I, you know, we went over and rev the bikes this year, Steve, as you're aware. Yeah. JT and I rev the bikes this year. Yeah, I'm aware. Yeah. And then J- we, J- what, where do you think that yeah. ranks in JT's life highlights? Top three, I think, right? I mean, there's probably recency bias. I'd say number one. Okay. Right now. Right. In, okay. His life. In his life, <laughs> yes. Uh, number one. But after that, we calmly walked over to the press tent. We did a podcast, and we drove to Chicago so we could do Pulp Show on Monday. In 07, yeah, I don't think we were going to be getting any media done. No. After no, the race. I went straight to the airport for a six or seven more in the morning flight with, with Fireman Ron, and we got there maybe a little earlier than we needed to, dropped the rental car seats in the drop-off line of the car, and slept for 30 minutes or something. Just had to get some sleep. Like you had, you were at the track all night? Yes, all oh, night. Oh, wow. And found Fireman Ron, found the rental, straight to D.C. <sighs> It is unfortunate that I can't really get into the best part of these weekends on this show uh, to, to keep gainfully employed. I'm trying to sound like a professional here. But, uh, yeah, my, my now wife, uh, girlfriend at the time, uh, this is race is drivable. We were in Morgantown, so it was a quick three-hour drive. Stayed in a motorhome with David Iser, a DMXS, and then next door was another motorhome with Wes, uh, Wes Kane and Kevin Kelly. So that was like our posse for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And because we stayed at the track in these motorhomes, like – I cannot explain to you how out of hand things were getting on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday nights. Like out of like out of body, <laughs> life changing experiences. Because Bud's all spread out. Like I guess people were even parked at that drag strip and the yeah. dirt track out yeah. back. Yeah. So I just remember going around in golf carts and just you're seeing uh, uh, British people like doing slip and slides down the hills. Yep. People, I swear, somebody had a 55 gallon drum on fire but had it strapped to his neck and was banging on it like a drum. Like he was like a marching band <laughs> with the drum on fire. And you're so hammered and so out of your mind. And you're like, why am I standing in a drag racing track? Why is there a guy beating a fire drum? Why is there people sliding down this hill? How am I ever going to get back to my motor home? Where, where yeah. are we? Okay. 
it's just unbelievable. Do you do you remember the cake throwing at the Parts Unlimited thing? Uh, with the riders, right? Yeah, we were all throwing. Eventually, every, started, eventually, everyone just started shoving cake in people's faces and throwing. I think so cake yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I remember. I don't know if I was part of that, but I remember seeing Villapoto getting and, cake smashed in his face and Mitch, Mitch hardcore. And, and this was also, I believe, Danny Bro from Racers Canada ripping sleeves off, and Denny Stevenson ripping sleeves oh. off. Oh, there was some of that. Yes. Yeah, Danny Bro had a little thing going. Where is Danny Bro these days? Uh, he's I've seen a, Danny Bro. In he's still alive. Age. Yeah, he's still alive. Oh, oh he is still alive. Yeah. I, actually, from 07, I wouldn't. Have, I would have put money. <laughs> Will he be alive in 15 years? Uh, yeah, but he had a real big sleep at the Vegas Supercross post race parties, and here, yes, that was his thing—the ripping off of the sleeves. Yeah, yeah. And I remember Denny. De- he ripped Denny's sleeves off, but he thought Denny was the raddest dude he'd ever met. You know, because Denny obviously yeah. Supercross champion and. So then he, yep. like Danny got mad at him, but then they were made up and then they were buddies. And then, oh. yeah, it was a real up and down, like emotional moment for Danny, bro. Like didn't realize that was Denny Stevenson that he ripped the sleeves off and Danny was mad. And then they, they talked it out and they hugged and then they went on. Yeah, it was. Yeah. You know, one of the things that really defies, defines this is uh, the Mitch Payton era of being super involved with the team. You know, Mitch, Mitch knows how to celebrate, Steve. Yep. I think you're aware of this. Yep. Uh, so I feel like having uh, Roger on Mitch's team and Mitch being intimately involved, I mean, it felt for a while that it was like Roger DeCoster and Mitch running Team USA. Yeah, yeah. That really did take the celebration part to another level, I feel. Yeah, also. yeah it, was, it was great. From Gabor's to the cake to the drinking and hanging out, it was, yeah, it, it, it definitely got out of hand. I think Jimmy Albertson was involved somehow. No shot. What? <laughs> Is that where the, the genesis for all of his stuff came I, from? I think so. I think hey, it was know? born out of this night. He's uh, like, wait, this could be something. Yeah. I, I yeah. want to say Jimmy was a 07 might have been like he was an amateur, maybe. I want to say Jimmy was around, but I could be confused with 2010 Lakewood that Jimmy was around. Oh, maybe. I know there was one where Jimmy yep. was on Puerto Rico and in and we hung out in Europe. This is in Europe. And he also may have been born Ronnie Mack that night. So. Oh, okay. That's where it all came from. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. What, what? Uh, and, uh, Lemoncello, I think, the yes. drink of choice. There's yeah. a, this is so bizarre. There's a small pizza restaurant near Unadilla that everybody used to go to and have a good time. And then eventually Hilton from Thor, I guess, convinced the guy to, like, hey, buy a truck and a trailer, go on the road and sell pizza at the races. You'll make a lot of money. So then the Lemoncello that everybody would celebrate with at Unadilla down the road became like a constant in the pits every weekend. And that was a huge – it was like the Alpine Stars, Mitch, Lemoncella, mm-hmm. New York pizza guy combo. <laughs> yeah, it was – It was amazing. It was, it and then was when great. I finally had to leave, yeah, it's like uh, same thing. I had to get home at some point. Uh, I was trying to make it back to the uh, uh, motorhome. Uh, did I have the orange Jeep at that point? No, I had a red Jeep at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember trying to drive back over to the uh, motorhome. <laughs> just like from one side of the pits to the other. And then like some fans come out, they're like, Hey, we and they took all their bacon from their cooler and just threw it on my windshield. <laughs> yeah. And I thought it was cool, but that grease, like you cannot get that grease. No, off. no, it's struggle, yeah. struggle street for yes. the grease. Yes. So I thought that was cool too. Yep. <laughs> it was an amazing experience. Uh, and maybe I'm biased because again, I was still in my twenties yeah. and my wife was my girlfriend and we didn't have kids. And it was like, Let's just have a good time. Oh, the, the the after party was great. I remember that. I mean, obviously America kicked ass, and it was never in doubt. And Tim was yelling, "God save the Queen!" 
or whatever, or the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> but Pledge I, Allegiance, I yeah. really remember yeah. the after party from 2007. Yep. It was it was really fun, and and yep. I also remember just like this year, I had about eight bracelets on, and I didn't take them off forever. And Pookie was getting really mad at me because I was showering with these things, and <laughs> I had eight or nine uh, yeah. paper bracelets and wristbands, and you know, yeah. And I was oh, like, I yeah, was like, it was such a good night. I want, I never want to take these wristbands off. And she was like, no, those are disgusting. They smell. Take them off. Um, so, let's uh, do categories, Steve. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, thanks to Leah. Thanks to Guts Racing. Guts Racing Pulp 2022 is the code to save with Guts. Great seat foam. Great covers. Uh, a lot of uh, top teams in the sport using Guts Racing uh, covers. And uh, thanks to Leah and Maxis and Pro Taper and of course this guy's at Scott Goggles. The Leah Racing Reraceables categories. Here we go. All right, who really won the race? I don't know if you want to go country, man. You, you go ahead, Weech. Oh, it's Ryan Villapoto. There's yeah. no doubt. This race, when people say Buds 07, you think Ryan Villapoto. I'm going to go Tim Ferry because he avenges 03. Uh, okay. And he wins the overall, I believe. Does he win the overall in MX uh, Open? I think he does. Oh, Let me yeah. look here. Uh, yes, he goes uh, 4-2 for the overall in the uh, in the MX. So, yeah, Tim Ferry really won the race. Absolutely. Uh I have a great who's that guy for Elite Reraceables category, but I'll let you look. But I think you're going to pick the same guy because it's unbelievable. Oh, really? Of a guy you've never heard of? Yes. Who's that guy? Yeah. Well, I could pick any. Uh, I'll try to go in a different direction than what I'm going to guess you're going to do. I want to give a shout out to, you know, just out of respect to what they're going through right now, the Ukraine team. Uh, I can't even pronounce these names. So let's see here. They were in the B final. Shout out to Alexander Pachinskli. Congratulations <laughs> for uh, being part of the event and Ukraine 21st overall. So Brazil wins the B final. Balbi okay. and Silva go 2 3 despite Marty's win. You, Ecuador can only get third. Um, no, Weech, the, the Who's That Guy Award, there is only one choice. Uh, and maybe, uh, maybe this is a guy to you. Second place, France. Sebastian Porcel? Yep, got it. Nicolas Alban? Yep, got it. Pierre René. What? Pierre René gets fifth in the second race. I've never heard of Pierre René. And I'd like to... What? You you had to have heard of Pierre René. I don't believe I... He's not an unknown guy. Yeah, I feel like he is. Okay. So you've heard of Pierre René. I'm, I'm just getting old. This is just like... Yeah, I think so. You're just losing it. Uh, I mean, look, he's a French MXGP rider. I cannot tell you his results offhand, but no. I, I do not think this is the first time I've heard his name. Wow. Okay. So to me, I, I know nothing. Yeah, that's... He's either doing freestyle or uh, world enduros now. That's my guess. Okay. All right. Fair enough. He went one direction or the other, right. I think. If, if yeah. we go that I'm just blanking on Pierre René and he actually is a somebody... Then the yeah. next guy furthest down the list for me uh, uh, would probably be Spain, Alvaro Lo- Lozano. Never heard of him. Uh, Carlos Campano, I have. Uh, Jonathan Berrigan, of course, great, great rider. But that would be yep. the, the first guy I'd never heard of uh, okay. for, for that. All right, Lee, Lee at Racing's categories. Lit Kid Award. Uh, I'm going to go Tim Ferry's O'Neill uh, setup was fantastic. And uh, I have his jersey here in the studio as we speak. Ooh. But a little controversy with that, Weege. little controversy. So me to my good friend, Tim Ferry. Hey, Timmy, can I get a jersey from you after this race? Him to me. Yeah, sure, no problem. Me to him. 
Cool. So go by. No jersey for me. Says, he, says he's got one for me, but just, you know, not yet or whatever. Then a brand new O'Neal jersey shows up, signed, you know, to Steve from Timmy. Oh, number three, right? But it's just one that, like, he got O'Neal to make, say, 20 jerseys, whatever number you want to put on it, and sent them out to his people that wanted jerseys. I wanted a race jersey. I didn't get one. And a little bit of controversy in our friendship, to be honest. He owes you that? He probably had four jerseys like that he wore all weekend, or five. Uh, he owes you one of those? You figure, what, two practices, a qualifying race on Saturday, two motos? He probably had six jerseys. Okay, six. He owes you one of the six? Uh, yes, he does. Yeah, absolutely. And instead, I got just a generic, you know, O'Neal New Jersey. He, he, there's people from O'Neill. Maybe O'Neill would like one. So I forget Evie. She deserves one. Timmy himself. Maybe Big Tim. Maybe his current mechanic at the time. Who would that have been? Uh, well, that was Wiggins. Wiggins. Oh, Wiggins. Yep. Yeah. I mean, Wiggins was the wrench. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I think we're rapidly running out of six, Steve. That's awfully presumptuous of you. Nope. It's bullshit. I should have got one. Um, wow. Big, big Tim, by the way. Had a blast at this race. Big Tim was on the podium, oh. loving it. Yeah, he was. I can't even imagine. He, 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 there was there's some sort of, there's a story where a security guard was trying to stop Big Tim from getting to the podium, and Big Tim oh, no. would have none of that. None of oh, that, no. sir. Yes. So no. I don't remember the no. totally the details, but there's a story about this. Yeah. Uh, but anyways. I will say that part of the stories that I cannot tell from this weekend were born out of Big Tim and his running mate. Uh, big Ronnie Titchener. <laughs> oh, okay, I think I know where you're going with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's what uh, did it in. They they brought some dessert over to our compound. Yep. Uh, I was hanging out with Bevo. They wanted to come see Bevo, and uh, the rest is history. But right. uh, when RT was around, when Big Tim, when Big Tim Ferry and Big Ronnie Titchener are around, it's going to be good times yeah. over the next couple of hours. Yeah, you and Big Tim do have a bond, probably more so than I do with Big Tim. Yeah. I don't know why. He loves yeah, me. Yeah. yeah. He, oh, he's got these stories. I don't know. Big Tim, big fan. Yep. Absolutely. Shit. Yep. Uh, yep. Lick it for, for you. Yeah. Chad yeah. Reed's uh, uh, Thor uh, Australian outfit. I don't know why Australia's flag is one color and their clothing is high vis day glow. Mm-hmm. But every year the Australia jerseys get they, me. They They're do. Great. They do. They're absolutely yep. right. They look great. Uh, Shit Kid Award. Uh, who do you got? It's going to be a surprise. Hmm. Uh, 0607, Fox, you did not have it going on. You did not. Oh, that was mine. That was mine. Oh, you agree? Yeah, I agree. A yeah. rare couple of misses. Even James Stewart didn't look good in gear in 0607. How is that possible? They Ricky's stuff was like circular red, blue. Yeah. Uh, it, looked, it looked like a, it looked like somebody threw up an American flag all over it or something. Like, I, yeah. 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 Not a great look. No, not at all. So. Yep. Just because of their standards. Now, look, whoever is on, I don't know, Team Chile or Denmark or any of these other more obscure teams probably had some weirdo gear. Mm-hmm. But Fox's standard of always being great, they have a high standard to live up to, and they did not live up to it yeah. during this era. Uh, okay, uh, where's JT, Lee at Reraceables? I believe, I, I'm pretty sure he told me the story. He flew in Sunday morning and flew out Sunday night. I believe it. Yeah, yep. I, I I think, yep. or he flew in Saturday morning 
and flew out Sunday night. It's one of those two. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that that's that's kind of that, that's where he is. Okay. So he was there. So he was there soaking it up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. The Jacob Marsak Award for uh, the best finish that you'd never heard of or talked about for this race, for the 2007 Motocross the Nations. I mean, Carlos Campanano got fourth overall in MX2. Like, what? But then yeah. I kind of look and, like, Colton Fasciati was after that, and Rui uh, Goncalves was after that. So I don't know. Is it that big of a shock? But Hornus or, or Tonus and Van Horbeek were further back. So I don't know. I feel like Carlos Campano for Spain, fourth overall, strong in MX2. Mine is going to go to, if you look at the podium from that day, it was either the American riders or the riders based in America, like Langston, I think, had a third, and Chad had a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was one man that stood tall. Yes, yes. Got a second in a moto. The gigantic Belgian, Ken de Dijker, who was really one of our favorites. Uh, once we saw him ride early, we're like, look at how big this guy is. And Iser and Kevin Kelly and myself, the DMXS boys, we swear that he was able to have his knees touch above the gas tank. Like he, his leg was so long, mm-hmm. they could have his feet on the pegs, but touch his knees together above the seat. He was so huge. Yeah. And he got second, which is the best you know, non-American based score at this race. That's a pretty good one. Uh, remember he randomly yep. showed up at Hangtown one year and got like 10th? The Diker did? Yeah. No, I did not know Yeah, that. yeah, just, I don't know, just 09 Hangtown? Okay. 10th or whatever. Okay. Uh, yep. Little known fact, too, I prepared Ken Diker's goggles that day, X-Brand goggles uh, that day. He got 10th. Um, oh, but so, not for this. No, 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 not for this. Yeah. But, wow. uh, yeah, uh, solid career, Ken Diker, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And guess who got third in uh, in that race, in the, in the open class? Pierre René. Third overall. Wow. Yeah, third overall. Wow. I should say 514 on the day. But, yeah. Um, wow. So. All right. Before France was, had become the powerhouse uh, they would come to be. Yeah, absolutely, right? Um, it's coming soon. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Uh, all right. That's the Lee at Reracables 2007 uh, MXDN. What a, what a day. What a night. Uh, <laughs> shout yeah. out Eric Bors. Wherever you are, we apologize. For that. Huge respect. Huge respect. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, thanks to Liet. Yep. Thanks to our sponsors. Thanks to you people for listening. Weege, thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk soon. All right. See ya.